Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Brian Toon, you're looking great this year. It was uh, two years ago I saw you sitting in the same place. Yes. It was pouring rain. Yes. It was cold. Yes. <laughs> you did not look happy. You said you were never doing RAM again. <laughs> and uh, your lovely wife is here encouraging you now to do RAM. Yes, I'm excited. I, I'm excited <laughs> that she's so on board with this. You're asking these questions while I'm distracted. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. No, no, in 2015 I had, I had wrecked pretty early on in the race and so I had I had scraped up the side of my face pretty good early on and then riding through the desert the desert really got to me and then this year I feel like we were lucky with the desert I heard, I heard that the teams were not that it was <laughs> That was your wife. Was I just censored? Yeah, were you just censored there? (laughs) Three more. Two more. One. Done. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I heard that it was really hot for the teams this year. That we yeah, got it was up one fifteen. Oh, gosh, yeah, we got out ahead of that. I think we, I never saw. I think I, I never saw more than like one hundred and two, one hundred and three. Um, so that was that was very fortunate this year. Which is still really hot. But, yeah, I mean, this is going to be kind of a goofy question, I think. But I mean, I'm very used now to living in the Northwest, and then in Colorado, where I'm at. Uh, altitude and oh, yeah. it's desert climate, but I mean down here in Annapolis, the humidity just crushes me. Yeah, and so you're you're from Alabama. Yes, is there a difference for you? I mean, you always hear, oh, it's a dry heat. Is there a difference in the types of heat oh, between Alabama? And absolutely, the absolutely. It was a hot year, the beginning of 2015, training for Ram in Alabama, um, and you know I'm riding in it, doing these really long rides. Um, 12-hour, 14-hour, 16-hour, 18-hour, super long rides all day in the Alabama heat. And I really thought that that would have prepared me for the desert. And it really did not. Didn't? No, no, because it's different. Your body responds differently to it. But for me, in 2015, it was the sun. Because what happens in, in Alabama and you get the heat, you can always find shade. You can always go in and out. And, yes, it's just kind of overall hot. But you can, you can, for, at least for me, I can work through that, and I can ride in that, just drink enough. But in the desert, I, it felt like it was, it was something that I was not capable of dealing with. Does that make sense? Like it felt like my skin. I mentioned several times that I know it's completely irrational, but I thought if it just gets a little bit higher, hey Dex, if it just gets a little bit hotter, um, that my skin was going to catch on fire. 
I don't know. It's completely irrational, but that's what I felt like was not really. <laughs> <laughs> was that it's just it kept on like I could feel my skin getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Whereas in Alabama, in that heat and humidity, it's just one general. It's something your body adapts to, you know. And 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 this year, like I said, I think we were very lucky to to have made it through the desert before it got that hot again. Now I've got to ask you. There was something that I had never met you before the finish in 2015. Yeah. Um, but you dominated. Had a great race out at the heart of the South. Yes. In yes. Uh, Alabama that year. And then it was all this talk, and I don't know how much of it was driven by you, if any, of breaking eight days. Oh, gosh. And it was like, that's all I saw associated with Brian Toon, and I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and and it seemed like that, at least in some of the, the pre-race hype, yeah. really became what was associated with you rather than finishing or some other goals. Yeah. It really seemed like it was focused in on this time. Yeah. Was that true? And did you? I mean, I haven't heard a thing about that this year. Yeah, no, no, no. I was very approach to the race was very different this year. Um, in 2015, leading up to it, I I, ne- I never ever thought that I could break eight days, but I had thought that I could get in the eight day, so basically break nine days. Uh-huh. So my my first goal was to try and break ten days, and I didn't do that until the, uh, 2015. And then um, I thought, well. Maybe we can also break nine days as I got closer and just was feeling like I had I had everything, I had all the, the long distance ready and I could do those rides. But what got me and what I realized in the middle of Ram in 2015 is that it's not a matter of stringing together all these, you know, back-to-back rides. Well, I mean, it is a matter of stringing them together, but I just thought you could do that. I didn't realize that without recovery between those rides that the next day's ride really isn't a new ride right you know it is just a continuation so you can't take your average speed for a 300 mile ride and multiply it by uh 10 and go well that's what you're gonna do which is kind of what i had done in my head was that okay i've done all these super hard training rides 300 400 and then like the 500 mile rides well we'll just piece a few of them together and that'll be ram and of course, ultimately, that's what you have to do. But you need to dial back those expectations on average speeds and everything. And I, and I, I don't, I don't think I really realized that until um, 2015. Because even if you take out the desert and say that, okay, maybe maybe I don't get heat nearly heat stroke in the desert. Um, so you take that out, and you don't have that recovery. Everything goes more smoothly in the desert. I, I don't think that changes my time that much. Like, sure, maybe it bumps up my time by 10, 10 hours, maybe. Um, but you, you still have to find a way to continue pushing. And that gets harder and harder the farther you are, go in the race. And then mentally, how were you able to dial back at the beginning when everybody is fired up, wants to get out and race? Yeah. Were you looking at it as, you know, me really watching my pace and watching my strategy is part of my racing? Yes, yes. Um, in 2015, I had said, okay, I don't want to tap into any lactate, so I don't want to go up into my lactate threshold, which I had pegged at about just my own riding and training and racing. And so oh, I guess it was about 175 beats per minute. And But I was really close to it because I was so excited, so hyped up to be in this race. And so I was like, oh, there's 175. No, 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 let's go down. Let's go down. Um, and, and so this is climbing up towards the glass elevator, you know, leaving all those hills and everything. So, so um, 
Strasser and, and Dave Hossie didn't pass me until uh, nearly Brawley. Wow. And this this year, Marco Marco passed me um, at Henshaw, before Henshaw. And so I thought, well, I guess that's good. That means I, I really have dialed back my pace some. Um, but then when he passed me, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm going a little too slow. You know, because it was so much sooner, not because... You know, because it's so much sooner than when I had gotten passed in 2015. So I said, well, Marco's right up the road. Why don't I try and just keep him in my sight um, for as long as I could? So I spent about 20, 30 miles, whatever that distance is from Henshaw to the top of the glass elevator, like just keep him in my sight. And I was planning on catching him on the glass elevator on the descent. Um, but the... Um, in order to do that, I ramped my power back up to about 180, 190 watts, mm-hmm. um, and I did that for a long time. And it felt like it was like this is this is nothing. This is fine. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And so then three things happened within a span of about five seconds. There's no exaggeration. Five seconds. So I'm like, so I, I passed the Yeti. Yeah, if you're familiar with the Yeti, the, and. and does anybody know the name of that little town? I think you might be the only person that noticed. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's totally a yeti oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big white. Yes, yeah, yes. Exactly. Whatever. I know what you're Okay, about. whatever that. So, I was thinging a bicycle. Oh wait, no, no, no. no. Oh, you mean the yeah, yeah the abominable so, guy, the abominable <laughs> snowman. So I pass him, you know, and he's like a couple miles before the top, you know, before the descent. Correct. So I pass him. I call Christine. Said, "Hey, I'm at I'm at the yeti. Um, everything's going well." Sarah was right there, so I, I just I just passed Sarah as well, and we got to talk for a minute or two, chat, which was always super motivating. And then, and then, this, and so this was over more than five seconds. But then, right after, so I left Sarah and was getting ready to go to the descent. A huge tour bus comes flying by me. But like, you got to be kidding me! Right they before, you right before, right before the descent. <laughs> With is this all in five seconds. So then, right after that, a bee comes and stings me right in the head. Like, not, not even like one or two seconds later, and then I cramped. All within a span of five seconds. So I went from having this perfect race to all of a sudden I got passed by a tour bus, which is going to ruin the descent, um, stung by a bee, and started cramping. And I thought, my race just went south very quickly. Hashtag um, spirit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Made it down. I did it. Uh, it was fine. The descent was fine. Um, it was not as disappointing as I thought it was going to be. Um, and made it down and switched to the TT bike and hoping that maybe a slightly different position could help with the cramps, but it's actually a more aggressive position. It did not help. So I kind of soft-pedaled pretty much that whole section, which we had a big headwind, too. Right. You know, that is traditionally, I mean, I don't know 100%, but that is nearly, as far as my experience is, that is always a super fast tailwind through there. I've gone there. through 12 times, yeah. and 11 of them have been a massive tailwind. Yeah, so there, so it is, so it does happen <laughs> occasionally, but this, we got the headwind this year. Super strong headwind, like blowing you back up the hill, basically. You're going down this grade at 18, 19 miles an hour when you should be like 30 30 to 35 miles an hour and that's over a long distance mm-hmm. um, and, and that whole time I'm fighting off cramps because every time I tried to push the pace just a little bit a little bit up it would cramp I cramp again so eventually I switched back to the road bike um, and 
I think just enough time had elapsed and the temperature, you know, the sun had gone down that I was starting to be okay with the cramps and, and they started to go away. Um, it's interesting you're saying this about Marco because talking to Marco last night up here after he finished, all he was saying is, I went out way too fast. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> um, but, and I was wondering about that during the race if that was his strategy was to try and get a lead on Strasser and, and, uh, and really sustain that for as long as possible, you know. I didn't know. I was surprised that it was him and not Strasser passing me first um, because Marco had even started behind Strasser. Um, so that, that did catch me by surprise a little bit. But it was, it was still cool, though, because Marco was, was a cool guy. And I really didn't get a chance to talk to him then because we, he passed me right before a downhill, the downhill into to Henshaw. And, but when I passed him again later in the race, we got to talk for it a little bit. And that was cool because I'd never actually met him before. Very nice. So guy. that, that yeah. was that was cool to talk to him. So when did the cramps get taken care of and go away, and you didn't have to worry about that anymore? So um, I had a great great crew with me, um, and um, we'll have two uh, nutritionists and exercise science, and we have we have a lot of a lot of science this time, you know, and we're actually doing a research study out of it as well. Um, all the data from the race. Um, and they started getting, um, yeah, the right stuff. Lauren here. Um, she was, yeah, started getting me like the electrolytes that we needed. And, and, uh, and I think I weighed 144 pounds after that first day in the desert and I started at 150 so I lost six pounds and we got it back up um, and it really did not have cramps again the rest of the race so it was only that period coming out of Borrego Springs pretty much through Brawley where I had to dial it back and then from Brawley on it was fun again you know I was able to go at uh, 140 watts 150 watts so that was that was good and then um, change to the course this year. The, the change actually happened last year where um, we had to go to Camp Verde and then yeah. do the climbs there. But this is the first year that it actually had to be ridden because last year the climbs were under construction. Oh. For the first, uh, I think we shuttled up six miles. Okay. And so those really steep oh. right at the beginning. Oh, my gosh. I'm very jealous of the 2016 <laughs> riders. 2016 riders, that is a hard climb. That is a very hard climb. It really changes the uh, overall look of the course. For yes. someone like Strasser, who said, you know, he had never seen parts of the course in daylight. Yeah. Um, because he'd always hit them at night, or he hit Wolf Creek usually yes. during the day. Yes. And this time it got him there at night, so it really changed um, the temperatures and everything for him. Yes. How the, did that affect you? Well, the big, that specific climb. So you start out, and for me, it was it was pretty late at night. It was, um, I, I don't remember the exact time, maybe midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and it was starting to get cool. But you're climbing, so I stayed I stayed in, in normal just shorts and, and a jersey, shorts and short sleeve jersey, and I was fine, until you started to get towards the top, and there's a couple rollers, I believe, and every one of those little rollers down into the valley was absolutely freezing. Like, the temperature was probably already down into the 40s in those valleys. And so, 
you had this weird like, oh, I need a jacket. Oh, I'm too hot. I need a jacket. I'm too hot. So you have that while you're going up, and then across the top, you descend it down. By by the time I made it to Flagstaff, across all those valleys, across the top to Flagstaff, it's like four, five, five thirty in the morning. And it was cold. The coldest I saw in my Garmin read 26.7 degrees. Wow. You know, Fahrenheit. And that is just, your body doesn't regulate temperature very well in these in the long-distance events. And so I was so cold. And I passed, um, I passed Fabio, um, oh, what's his last name, from Brazil. Um, and we, we were commiserating on, on how... Um, how cold it was. And he's like, in Brazil, nothing like this. Uh, and I mean, my wife's from Wisconsin, and I'm used to riding in cold weather. And, and even in Alabama, you know, it gets pretty cold. I'm used to training through it and everything. But it's just really hard to adapt And when you're going so hot. So, so it was 26, and then later in the day, down past Tuba City on the way to Kayenta, that's the same day. It was 96. Right. That is a 70-degree temperature swing. So that, that really adds, changes something. And for some reason, I guess in 2015, you didn't get that as much. Um, one, because I hit that during the daytime. So the Box Canyon climb out of Sedona, all that was during the day for me. So it was just hot the whole time. So I never had that cold temperature. And just a lot shorter distance, too. I mean, yeah. that's the longest time station out there now. I think it's 102 miles yeah. between Camp Verde and Flagstaff. Yeah, that was that was a that was a hard night. I, my crew, though, even though that was a hard night, that was actually a really cool night with the crew. Um, we had a fun time. I don't remember what all we were doing. Brian, you were on that shift, right? Yeah, those, yeah the first like three days, I was night shift. Yeah, so that that I, I just remember that being particularly fun with the crew. We were joking around and. That, that long climb out of Camp Verde and up, um, that was a good, that was a good night. You know, just looking at your wife, I see the pride in her face. She is love. so excited for She's next so year. She's so excited about the grand marriage <laughs> that this has created, right? I'll have you know, I have been... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Trying to mentally prepare myself for your trolling for two years. <laughs> for two years. I've been imagining you and questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, she's amazing on the crew this year, too. Um, Which is, and that is a genuine question, because a lot of times you know, we recommend that loved ones, spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends don't go along. Um, because they'll feel too much sympathy for the writer. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. You get your ass back on the bike. Everybody's laughing. Yes. The least sympathetic. She's like, you get back on that bike and start writing and now. Me, I'm like, I'm sorry. This was your idea. Yes, that was another common like theme. Please. <laughs> I'm gonna remind you that you regretted it in Missouri. Next time you try to convince me of this. <laughs> yes, no. no. <laughs> but I have a feeling you did get some good emotional support there. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> little in in competition between the two crew uh, themes there, but but yeah, no. I mean the race in 2015 brought us closer together. I don't know why she doesn't want to do this again. I feel like the race brought us closer together this year, too. Like, we'll be like the ultimate marriage, you know, the ultimate marriage if we do this again in 2019. Come on. <laughs> on a tandem. I have not done Come on. We got to do it. We'll do this on tandem. Speaking of which, I have not looked. Are they still in? No. Um, they dropped out on uh, the way to Ghost of Springs. Oh, okay. So... Uh, uh, but that's not, it's not even been attempted since what 2002 or 2002. Yeah, yeah. I met. I did meet them. I met them in Oceanside before the start of the race, uh, the day before, just cruising around. I and gotta they, say, I married my partner from 2002. Oh, there you go. Oh, you were the tandem in 2002. Oh well, how? So, so let me interview then you. We would ram again on in 2004. That is a marriage that I cannot <laughs> That is amazing. That is amazing. But enough about me. Okay. <laughs> At what point did you feel like, I've got a really good race going on here. I want to see what I can do. Um, it surely wasn't Kansas. No. <laughs> Kansas was hard. Because, you know, we had the headwind in Kansas oh, yeah. this year. Headwind and then crosswind. Well, we paid off with a tailwind. I think, we, I, I think as far as I can remember, we had a tailwind for four states. Like, basically, big chunk of Missouri... Almost all of uh, Illinois, all of Indiana, was was tailwind, and then some of Ohio. So it's hard to complain about Kansas being the huge headwind crosswind. No, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was really hard. Uh, I thought the race was going really well um, early on. Then I thought after the whole bee sting thing, I thought things were going downhill, kind of there. And then it really came back around when I started doing these benchmarks against 2015. Well, they were like eight hours faster than we were in 2015, you wow. know, and at various points along the way. And, and that made me think that this is going really well, really well. And then as far as racing goes, 
uh, I really was was hoping for a top five finish, which you got, which I did get, and then when uh, we had a, a number of us come together, <clears throat> I guess I have to back up though. Let me let me back up. So I think the highlight the highlight for the race for me was sprinting Savada, and I don't know how much you've heard of this sprinting Savada at the top of Wolf Creek, right? So so I, so what happened is. And I was just thinking this is crazy in a 3,000-mile race. So, But I'm like, Savada's a man after my own heart. I really want to see his finish. Uh, is he today? I think he's coming in this evening. Okay, I want to come back for his finish. Um, so he caught me in Pagosa Springs. He caught up to me in Pagosa Springs, which surprised me. I didn't know there was anybody catching me. I thought the race was going really well. And, and then all of a sudden somebody's catching me which does not necessarily a sign that the race is not going well it just means they're riding faster but with but, ram mentality but ram mentality is like south as soon as <laughs> so so we're going through Pagosa Springs and I made a number of the traffic lights and he missed him and I'm like yes um, and uh, so we're going out and we're going and he's catching me again you know as we're starting to climb up Wolf Creek and then right at the bottom of Wolf Creek, I had to go to the bathroom really bad. So we had to stop. And this is number two, too. So it's not a fast stop. So, like, uh, <laughs> um, so we did as fast as possible. And I, at this point, I'm just, I'm out of it. I'm like, oh, this is bad. And so, um, again, thinking back to 2015, where I had to stop and sleep twice on the Wolf Creek climb. Wow. I had to sweep twice. It's like, it's not happening this year. I'm going to just maintain a good wattage, 175, 180 watts, and we'll just do that. And no thoughts of catching Spada before the top. But then what happened is, is I could see him up the road. And so I turned on, I turned, I actually got it on Facebook Live. Um, oh, and I was so mad at, at my wife. <laughs> so, so, so mad at her. No, 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 because of her cell phone. I'm like, I have coverage. Why do you not have coverage? Because I, because, because I, because that was our communication. We didn't have a radio or anything. We were depending entirely on cell phone communication. I'm like, restart your phone. And went, your phone. At one point, I'm like, hand me that phone so I can throw it off the cliff. Um, <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> um, Hashtag reasons never to do ram. So 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 we got we got so we got we got we got that kind of settled in towards the top, and I'm catching him. I can see him up the road, and so I, I turn on Facebook Live, and, and partly in spite, I'm like, I can do a Facebook Live video, and I cannot even call you on the phone. How is this possible? Anyway, um, so uh, and we have AT and T. It's the same account. Um, I love that you're arguing about social media <laughs> while you're climbing Wolf Creek Pass. <laughs> you were in good shape. <laughs> no, anyway, so I so I did the video, and I think that's the first part of the video. I said, well, I can't even call my wife on the phone, but I can do Facebook Live right now. And so I said, I, I'm just updated on the climb. And then I started doing calculations and looking up ahead. And I was like, you know, I can catch him by the top. And so I'm doing my pace, 180, 190 watts, and I was catching him pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden, I'm not catching him anymore. And I thought, huh, he's not letting me catch him. He's, you know, he's, he's picked it up. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll pick it up a little bit more. And so I'm going like 220, 220 watts now. Um, 
and getting closer, closer, and I'm on Facebook Live, like, and just I'm commentating the whole thing. I'm like, this is what I'm thinking right now. This is what I'm thinking right now. This is what. Okay, so at some point I go, well, you know, um, this is Race Across America, and I absolutely should not do this, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm a bike racer, and. There's no way I'm not catching him by the top. So here you go. Here's a little 500 watt spike. Um, here's a little 500 watt spike to catch him. So I mean, it's full on shift a big chain ring. Like I'm like I'm I'm attacking this like a KOM, like I would getting a KOM. And and uh, so I'm going super hard. And I look down. And it's like 333 watts. I go. I just start laughing. I was like, okay, my 500 watts was actually only 333 watts. And you know, but it brought him closer in. But I did not catch him. He's, like, still out there. And so this is probably a couple miles from the top still yet. And I'm like, I still got time. Let's just dial it back, 250 watts now, and and try and catch him. And I'm getting closer and closer, and I realize he is full out going for it. So by the top, it was a full-on sprint. I got him by one second. We sprinted at the top for the sign, the Wolf Creek Summit sign, and I got him by one second. Um, And... And I had done a little thing, too. It's like, come on, if I catch him by the top, y'all donate to our cause, Hope for Gabe. Come on, donate, donate, donate. We need to do so. So use that to, to really kind of, you know, excite the people that were following, too. But I just can't believe it. A 3,000-mile race. What a way to justify really bad strategy. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I know. But I was like, this is awesome, though. That's why I say he's a man after my own heart. It's like... Every other Ram racer in this race would not have even cared. You know, they would, but like he wanted to get to the top first, too. And I thought that was really cool. You know, that even though this is a race about pacing yourself and, 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 um, and staying in for the long haul, that somebody could get excited about going for something in the middle of the race. And I don't think that was probably the highlight of my race was, 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 was going for him or going for the the summit there. And there's a Strava KOM that has. Oh, I got a KOM too. Oh, I KOM the last. So this tiny short segment. Yeah, it's so like the last mile of the climb. I KOM. So a thousand something people have done that climb, and I got the fastest and time lots of it. relay teams. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. No, I got the KOM on that, and that was because so of I, I was told you to ask about <laughs> geeking out and all this talk about Watts on Wolf Creek Pass oh, yeah. and talking to your Facebook Live. Yeah, I hear you got into a discussion in Eastern Colorado with a. Yeah, with it. With, with Media One, ran Media yeah, One. I was go. super happy. That also was a sign that hey, my race is going well. Media One's still here. They're not. <laughs> they're not 500 miles up the road. <laughs> Media Five. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. So Maurice, I believe Maurice, the one of the camera camera guys. Um, we were chatting, talking, and he's, he he looked at all the equipment I had on the front of my bike, and I, I had a number of things, number of devices for recording and everything, and. And, and he asked me, he said, so you're a professor? And I told him I was a professor at, at Stanford University, teach computer science. And, and we started talking about data and, uh, you know, he has an engineering background. And, and so it was really cool just to, uh, you know, talk about something other than um, how hot it was. Because yeah. it was still hot <laughs> in eastern, eastern Colorado. Yeah. And then at what point of the race did you finally feel like, I've got this... I can relax a little bit, or did you? Never. I did not feel that. So, so let's work backwards here. So about a couple miles out here, I got caught by a relay team, and I thought it was McKenna. I thought for sure it was McKenna. So as soon as he came by and said, hi, Brian, I mean, like, my heart sank down to the bottom of my foot. Like my, I mean, I was like, 
oh my gosh, I have ridden so incredibly slow, he has made up this distance. So within one second, going from like incredible pain and just, you know, this is awful, awful, to like full on sprint. Like I caught him, he passed me, and then like two seconds later, I passed it. Well, I mean, I came up to him, and I specifically looked at his number to make sure and then as soon as I saw it was a relay, I'm like, good job, buddy. You're doing great. Come on. You you got this to the finish. You know, go go all the way. And, of course, I immediately backed off. And and then I, and then I said it because I was Facebook living that, too. I said, I don't got this. <laughs> 50% of his RAM is on Facebook Live. <laughs> so, yeah, but. Uh, yeah. Well, but, which, and we spoke last night, uh, and you came in before that team. Because they stopped, but you kept going. Yes, yes. And so I had mistakenly told you you were the last solo to not be caught yes. by the leading four-person relay, but I was told they actually were one minute ahead of you at the Rams' head. Yes, I know. And if I had known that that but was you interesting... caught them. I know. If it, if it was, if I had known the significance of that, maybe I would have tried, but I don't know. I was pretty done. Well, I just kind of invented the significance of it. Okay. Night, I thought it was cool that you all finished so close together. Yes. <laughs> yes, but uh, but yeah, so that happened. So, but even prior to that, um, through Gettysburg, uh, and before that, because what happened in 2015 is there was a, there was a, a lot of us came together right there at the end, right. and and you had Adam Pickett had caught and passed me, and then I passed him. We're going back and forth, and then you had um, Fat Boy, which is his nickname that he goes by. I don't know his aunt Andy, Andy. I, I can't remember what his real his real name is. Um, he had, we had gone back and forth, and you had Hoffman. Matt Hoffman was coming at some point, right. and Rob White. and then Rob Rob was still ahead of us, even though he had broken his collarbone. Um, so you had all of that happening like the last two, three hundred miles of the race, and as it turns out, you know, Fat Boy caught me on one of the climbs, and then I never saw him again. And I just knew that that was going to happen with McKenna, that he was going to catch me and he'd be gone. And so the entire time I could never convince myself that he wasn't going to catch me. Even though my team's like, he is, he's, yeah, he's, well, I don't, yeah, he's 25 miles behind you. And I'm like, oh, the tracker's wrong. (laughs) He's 40 miles behind you, the tracker's wrong. And then uh, was that a good thing for you though? Did it keep you motivated to keep your speed no, up? Or no, no, it... it was absolute torture, <laughs> absolute torture with that headwind too. Because it wasn't like, I mean, if it was a tailwind, then I could just kind of up the the pace a bit. And, you know. God, done. Okay, wow. Anyway, I could just up the pace a little bit and. And, and be fine knowing that he can't up it that much more. But with a headwind, when you're sitting there crawling, that irrationality of, well, maybe he's more aerodynamic, maybe he can push through this harder, you know, and those miles could come off. I never really let myself believe that, that he was not going to catch me. Overall, pleased with your race? I'm 100% pleased with the race. I, I met every goal. I wanted to, and uh, technically I didn't break the 10 day mark, but we did also add in. 80 miles, you know, so it's not the traditional 3,000 mile race. So if you average 16 miles an hour, that's five hours to do that an extra 80 miles. So in my mind, I broke 10 days. I know it doesn't look that way in the record books, but for a 3,000 mile race, I would have been five hours faster. I like your rational. <laughs> you know, if, if Christoph hadn't registered this year, and Guido <laughs> yes, 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 and then, I would have won the I race. Won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah. really, in, in your mind, you. I, 
I won. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Why too. should we ever do this again? Yeah, no, no. This was so good. No, no. The big goal for me was to break ten days, and so if I don't, if I if I let that get to me, which I'm not, because in my mind, I, at least I had the average speed for a ten day ram. You know, I had more than the average speed for a ten day ram. Um, so, uh, so that was the thing. The other thing was a top five finish, and I got third. So. So and then I ended up being first American too, so that was kind of cool. So yeah, so I'm definitely happy with Ram and with how with how it went, and very happy with my career. And you look much better than you did in 2015. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't think the recovery will be as long. It took me a week before I could think straight. I tried to write my blog in 2015, and we were over here on the coast. Just all I could do was sit on the beach and just go. It's nice not to be riding a bike right now. <laughs> I could not could not string together thoughts. You know, it was it was really hard. And I don't know if that was just from the desert and and never really rehydrating fully from that. Uh, but I was not in a good place after 2015. Ram, this one is has been so much better. Well, so. congratulations on a great race, and I really <laughs> appreciate you, you taking the time to yeah. chat with us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, definitely. From the uh, 2017 Race Across America finish stage on City Dock, Brian Toon, George Thomas.